What's the crack? Howdy, how are you? Adam, Stephen here. Stephen, Adam here, nice to meet you. Nice Thank to meet you, nice to meet you. Um, how's things? Nice oh, I'm going out of my fucking mind still. I'm still getting used to just new environment and all this shit, which means I'm, I'm, I've only got out of the house like once in the last week and juicy crust i'm just losing my fucking mind you're gonna have to i mean even if it's just a case of forcing it you're gonna have to i thought that'd be more of a reason that you would be inclined to get out because you go for new environment make you want to wander around a bit more well no because it's the environment i grew up in so i know i know exactly where the fuck everything else is where everything is oh yeah but, but... i thought like you'd be more inclined to go uh sure you know i haven't been i haven't been i don't know down by Kenneth's in a while I'll go down there today or you know that kind of way see it's carving the time to do it which is actually an interesting thing I guess for anyone going through a change or something is is establishing a routine because obviously when I was up in Dublin at lunchtime I was in the habit of going for walks uh, but I was in the habit of going for walks before Covid was ever a thing and even when I was still in the office my lunchtime would always be scoff down your lunch be antisocial and go for a walk by water. So when lockdown started and when I transferred over to mostly working from home or, or you know, I'd been working from home a little bit before that anyway. So, so I transferred to full-time work from home. I was already in the mindset of, okay, get your lunch, you go walk near water. There was a canal beside my house. There was a canal beside my office. Uh, it, it transferred I believe it's pronounced very naturally. There was a sea anal near my house. So by the time restrictions came in, it wasn't actually a huge change of habit for me. But when I moved down here, then obviously everything is out the window because you're not in any situation where habits are developed or habits are kept up. So until, you know, things reach a balance, getting these habits, you actually have to take huge efforts uh, to make those habits stable and I've just been so fucking tired and and all over the place lately that putting those steps in has been very hard yeah no there's two minutes of an excuse there for you I get that I I, I've been getting out for bits of walks and bits of basketball and things all right the last few days but I haven't been at anything hugely substantial but but it's good that I've been getting out for those bits just to keep me tipping over. Mm. It's great, though, that the, there's a bit of a stretch in the evening. Grand stretch in the evening. I was going to say there is a grand stretch in the evening. Grand Isn't stretch that amazing? In, in February. Yeah. I think there's a missed opportunity that no one's ever called a yoga class. I think there's a bit of a missed opportunity that no one's ever called a yoga class a grand stretch of an evening. I'm not editing that. Fuck off, you will. <laughs> it's too... <laughs> uh, but is, isn't it, though? It's a perfect name for a yoga class. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good one. Yeah. But there is... I was out for a walk yesterday. Yesterday was the one day I actually left the fucking house during the daylight. And I... Yeah, I got home at like half six or something. And it was still kind of dusky as opposed to the awful darkness that has been since, you know... Uh, October. It's it was it was a great feeling. Yeah, 
I took um I took a couple of days off work, so I wasn't at work today. Wasn't at work on oh, Friday. Yeah. And God, it's so great. What did you do with your time off? I didn't work. That's for sure. Very good. No, I just I, I just did just did my thing, but it was lovely. It was lovely to have the the time off to do it. And so you just kind of sat around on your scratcher for the few days. Yeah, or you know, went for walks. Uh, made f- nice food. Watched bits of telly. Good one. Tried to stay the fuck away from the computer. Give us uh, something you cooked then. We we talked about your recipes and stuff last week. That could be a cool uh, touchstone to go back to. I did make lovely steak yesterday. Okay, how do you make your lovely steak? It was a bit of ribeye. What's your favourite type of steak? Oh, I don't know. I don't know much about steak, to be honest. So I got myself these cast iron pens a while back. Right. And I got my I got a bit of ribeye, nice bit of ribeye, and I always leave the ribeye out to come up to room temperature for a while before I cook it, and throw a bit of salt on it to absorb some of the water out of the steak. Mm-hmm. Then I put a bit of butter into the microwave to melt it with garlic in it, crushed garlic, and then I get a brush and paint the steak in butter. And I heat the cast iron pan till it's like uh, roasting hot and then sear the steak on both sides quickly and just give it maybe one more turn and have it nice and rare. Okay, a real Vincent van coronary there. That's uh, that sounds great. Um, So that was lovely. And I made peri peri chicken last day as well. Yeah, you've been going on about your pretty pretty chicken now. That's your mm. big thing of the moment. Yeah, it's very good. Awesome. And but while we're on food, uh, tomorrow or yesterday, depending on wh- what point of time you're listening at this, um, is Pancake Tuesday. Yeah, and I'll make pancakes tomorrow and yesterday on this recording. Fantastic. Because I made a pancake for breakfast yesterday with a bit of cheese, a bit of ham. Uh, actually yesterday or, or listening As, oh uh, my brain actually yesterday ah that's too many no you Tuesday is the day for the pancake day yeah but yesterday was crepe Sunday <laughs> when Jesus paused for a a quick a quick smoke and a crepe so yesterday was crepe Sunday and tomorrow is pancake Tuesday so I got some uh, this Cadbury's crunchy spread right and I'm going to have a bit of that in a pancake is that just like Nutella with uh, honeycomb in it yeah decent I haven't had it yet but I can't imagine it not being I'm not mad on Nutella but I Meaning I like you. the dairy milk alternative so that's what you do with your pancakes not always, but I saw the crunching thing and I was like, oh, there's no way I wouldn't love that. Oftentimes, it's, I just put jam on it and I really like jam on a pancake. Jam is good. I am never satisfied with people who just put lemon and sugar on it. I think that's a huge waste. I think it's fine, it's, but I just I just prefer a bit of jam. 
Are you a, a crepe, a thin crepe person or a silver dollar pancake kind of guy? Oh, the thin ones are way better because they don't sit in my chest. <laughs> pancake tits. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I'd be a, a crepe person also. They're, they're just more versatile when they're they're skinny. Yeah, no, I, I far prefer them to be skinny because I find the other ones give me indigestion, something wicked. Hmm. So I like an old pancake with uh, white chocolate and raspberries. Oh wow, that's decadent. Decent. Mm, it's quite decadent. Ah, it's decent. But uh, before we get to COVID talk, we it's uh, Pancake Tuesday. Oster's in length. Yes, it it's sure going to be the f- does. length eve. Got a phone call from Rich today, the brother. Yeah. And he'd go and put me on a program. For length. For length, yeah. Whereby he's going to tell me what to buy, what to cook, and what to do exercise-wise. Well, you must give us a rundown of that next week. That sounds yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I'll have to follow what, basically, basically because of my lackluster previous performances, he's going to, like, basically break it all down for me and check in with me. Very good. So by the time Easter Sunday comes, you'll have the body of Christ. No, I just won't be fat. <laughs> There's a great album, um, kind of early 2010s, I think, called The Body of Christ and the Legs of Tina Turner. It was very good. Hmm. Who was it by? Uh, Fight Like Apes. Oh, yeah. Them crowd. They were good. They, um, complete tangent, and Jesus, we must get to talking about, about COVID eventually, but... They played a gig in the stables in UL where we both went to college. I remember that. And afterwards, I actually met them. The lead singer gave me a kiss after the show. It was really unusual. Uh, hmm. On the cheek, nothing X-rated. Hmm. And yeah, seemingly after the gig, they were parked in the car park beside the stables. And they were drinking on top of their van. And security came and told them to leave and they wouldn't. So they got a fine and they came back the next day with a load of pennies and paid their fine in a big jar of pennies. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, now I don't don't know if that's true or not, but I heard it from reliable sources at the time. Hmm. And the band's not together anymore, so they can't get in trouble. Fuck it. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that they were gone. I thought they were still knocking about. No, no, no. The, they broke up couple of years ago because they couldn't afford to be a band anymore and now the lead singer is with like Galaxy I think they were a band playing Limerick a lot okay. kind of an electro outfit hmm. uh, they, they were really good and apparently a, a batch of mad bastards oh. Oh. interesting hmm. so have you got Covid? <laughs> yeah I got it off a fella in pennies uh, they we're still kind of in the depths of it. 800 new cases today, yesterday, just over 800. No new deaths, 17 deaths over the weekend. And people are saying this is great. Like, we're falling, our figures are falling faster than anywhere else in Europe. But it's still higher than the first two waves when everyone was losing their shit. Yeah. And there's still, like, the... Uh, Poor man's Tony Holohan, uh, Ronan Glynn, was asked the other day about when 
you know, restrictions might end. And he said, we basically shouldn't expect to be spending Paddy's Day with family. It could well be May or June by the time hospitality opens up, just even to be outdoors again. Oh, it's a long way away, isn't it? It is a long way away. It just feels... I've seen that they were saying two months, all right, and I was kind of going, okay, they're probably bringing it in for after Easter. I was like, oh, mm. that's hefty enough. But fuck it, May or June. They, he said, they he said the, my balls. <laughs> so the only thing he says he can see possibly opening in March uh, with this new uh, roadmap uh, is maybe going to be schools, but they're not even definite with that. Mm. I think, you know the way they're going on about the, the leaving certain, what happens with it. Imagine trying to figure out someone's predicted grades when you hadn't them in a classroom in like a year and a bit. Jesus, yeah, I didn't even think it's about that. lottery, like, I mean, she wouldn't even remember half their names, I'd imagine. No. I... I was listening to the news today and they were talking about, you know, just a lot, lots of students are starting to freak out now because this is coming up to oral time where someone comes into the school and lots of students, you know, get their oral on. And they're like, it's the fact that it's so uncertain. It's not like the leave insert is a long way away. Like the time that the exam started is for the orals at least, the next couple of weeks and the mocks is, what, less than six weeks away if it were to happen at also? Mm. Like, it, there's... I never realised what pressure there is right now for for exam students. Yeah, no, it's very stressful and uh, it's just a bit lousy, quite frankly, that this... They didn't just make a call on it. Mm. One way or the other. And I mean, I, I think they... They couldn't do the predictive grades and I don't think they can do the leaving cert. I think they just, they needed they needed to come up with a timely, on, in a timely fashion a third way. Any ideas? Like I don't know, they needed, like they had a fucking year to figure it out now to come up with a third way. I mean like I could throw out things like like online testing and stuff, but sure I mean, sequel. I should say that now because if they don't have a scheme in place, do you think people were preparing for this, or they just kind of figured, ah, fuck it, it'll be gone by next next summer? Well, I mean, at them levels, at that level, if you're running a ministry, I mean, you need to be thinking contingency the whole time. Need to be and are though, especially with the Irish government, are are often two very different things. Yeah, but I mean, like at that level, you really, I mean, it's ridiculous not to be thinking contingency, mm. especially when they knew that this was a possibility, even if they thought it wasn't going to happen. There's a lot of pressure on colleges then, just from your own expertise, there's a lot of pressure on colleges for the CAO kind of, uh, of bringing in new students when they do, when, you know, the education minister can't figure out what the fuck they're going to do in terms of testing students and, and how that's going to work. Is there a lot of pressure in universities for, well, shit, will we, how are we going to adapt to get students in? Well, the biggest problem is, the biggest problem is always a case of 
being told to do something without being given enough time. Mm. You know, because I mean, like, I think they generally showed last year. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's manageable. They can adapt and do things. But, I mean, it put awful pressure on people last year. You know, they should be trying to not put that pressure on people again. Instead instead of just waiting and dropping things on people late in the game, I think. I do. My heart goes out to them because, like, I nearly lost... Well, actually, to be honest, I didn't give a shit. But in the year my leaving cert happened, that was the year they gave out the wrong paper. But did we? Yeah, did we talk about this already? I don't know. Um, yeah, it was the year the wrong paper was given out for English paper too, and so my exam had to be moved to the Saturday. But I didn't give a fuck. Like I was still prepared, so I didn't care. The, their whole whole shebang is is in question now. It it, it must be. Like secondary school, your whole existence is gearing up to this two week period in June. Uh, and to have that whole existence threatened and in question, it's it's more than stressful. Like for students, it must be tantamount to an existential crisis like. Yeah. And I mean, if they wanted to do a physical leave insert, they should try do it. To fight it out. Try do it in tandem with a vaccination program. Oh, lure him in, jab him, and then sit him down. Pretty much, you know yeah. that that um that that's part of the registration thing for it. Is that is is that you you get you you get your jab in advance? Yeah, but you see, if you're jabbing everyone, and therefore you're controlling the economy of who is allowed or not to be educated, then Bill Gates and his microchips have won. I know, yeah. Actually, speaking of vaccination, they released the list of the 37 mass vaccinations. Mass vaccinations? Christ on a bike. Mac, uh, you're not going to be able to edit this out now, so I'm not even going to pretend. The mass vaccination centres. Tap it out. Vaccination centre. Today. What about them? Sorry, I got lost. They released... Yes, sorry. They released the list of the mass vaccination centres today. Oh, yeah. I I saw something about one in Limerick. Yes. Now, I'm going to give you a few of them because looking through the list and just being familiar with some areas, um, they're very inaccessible. Limerick actually isn't too bad. It's in the Radisson on the Ennis, uh, the Radisson on the Ennis Road. Mm-hmm. So people can get there. It's not too bad. But in Kilkenny, it's in uh, Killeen Hill, which is like very hard to get to if you don't have a car. There's no public transport out there. And it's about a 40 minute walk outside the city. Right. It's piss poor planning. In Dublin, then you got one in the Aviva City West Convention Centre, the Helix in DCU and... TU campus in Grange Gorman but nothing in the city centre where would be most accessible for people yeah no you'd think that that yeah you'd think that that would be a priority wouldn't it yep in Kerry they have one in Killarney and one in Tralee Uh, the one that really struck me is in Wexford their vaccination centre they've only got one and it's in Enniscorthy it's not even in 
in his town, or it's not even in Wexford Town. Well, Wexford Town isn't huge. That's fair. I mean... But it is the, the biggest town in Wexford. Yeah, I mean, like in Escorty, I don't know, would they have a similar enough population? Yeah. Like Wexford is full of smallish towns, as opposed to something more substantial. That's fair. But in all, uh, uh, it, it's kind of hard to get to centres, especially for older people who have really difficult time getting about. Uh, because so, they're hips. <laughs> yeah, because they're too hip. They don't like... Uh, oh, that was a bad job. That was awful. Yeah. Apologise to the elderly. I apologise, elderly. If you can uh, even listen to a podcast. You're not my demographic. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> But yeah, you'd think, I don't know why they just didn't go for uh, a GP. Uh, apparently, you will be able to get them from your GP. It's just if you want to go to one of these mass centres, they're hard to get to. Yeah. I have no fucking idea how I'm going to get it, because Jesus Killing Hill is very far away. <laughs> and it's uphill the whole way. It's not even on a hill, so I don't know why they call it that. I suppose Clean Valley doesn't have the same. Mm-hmm same appeal either way yeah that's uh, that's where your nearest vaccine centre now is going to be uh, the Ennis Road so that's not too far off from you actually you're in Clare let me look up where the one in Clare is probably Ennis there are none in Clare oh yep no yes Ennis the Limerick Road the West County Hotel yeah no it's um, that would make sense Cork has five of the fucking things Cork is massive though yeah. Cork is huge. One in Galway and Ballybrit. <laughs> That's a mad name for a town. That's out by the race course in Galway. That's right, it's in the it's in the Galway race course. Out Ballybrit and Yeah. Uh yeah. But Are you going to get vaccinated now? Because I know you, like when we weren't on this podcast, you kept saying that you just thought it was a plan for them all to be able to control <laughs> us. Um, no, I will be getting vaccinated. Um, I I won't be the first person to get vaccinated, obviously, because it it started being rolled out already. It was actually today that the 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 main uh, rollout started. But yeah, I mean, of course, I'm going to get vaccinated, and that's a huge thing for me to say because I am shitless of needles, and the fact that whichever vaccination I go with is probably going to mean I need to get two needles. But sure, maybe you can just tell them to find one of the holes that are already in your foot and put them in that way. <laughs> You're comparing me to Phil in it. <laughs> um, I'm shitless of needles, man. I like so much to the point that I've got two needles. So one I think I told already is when I was kind of fourth class age, um, I told the dentist that I was shitless of needles. So when I was getting a filling, she gassed me instead. Mm. And that was deadly. And I believe when I was a child, a doctor was trying to give me a, a, a booster or an injection of some kind. And my mother had to hold me down and she couldn't do it. So two nurses had to help her. And I still managed to wriggle free and grab the needle and uh, shank the doctor in the leg with it and sprint out of the room. Mm. Yeah, so like a bit intense, isn't it? mortal fear of yeah, I mean, I got I got that kind of psychopath touch in there real early, uh, but it was fight or flight. He was coming at me with a blade, mm-hmm. and 
yeah, so I, I really I hate needles. So this is a, a, a big a big one for me. Do you know what sucks balls? You. I thought the new episode of The Simpsons was out tonight and it's not. <laughs> I'm a bit disgusted, quite frankly. <laughs> is that where your mind has been for the last two minutes? Is uh Well oh, after damn. you shanked the doctor, I was like Oh yeah, that was a very, that's like something that would happen to Doctor Nick, isn't it? Um, for kind of a Bart Simpson move, I think. I don't know. A little bit. Are you going to get vaccinated? Uh, yeah, like I'm not jumping out of my seat to go. Oh, give me a vac. You know, it's like when in due course, in due course, when we've seen what it does to everyone else, then I'll take it. Hmm. Well, I'm, I, like I'm not jumping out of my seat to go go getting the, the vaccine because. Because I don't. It's just going to let Bill Gates read your mind. Just let Bill Gates read my mind. But when, when, like, when, when, it, when the time comes, I will, yeah, get the mm. vaccine and then, and then go for a pint. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, that'll be me. It's never going to happen. One thing I noticed on telly within the last hour, which you can tell how proactive I am in planning things that I want to talk about for this show, is. An ad for hand sanitizer, right? And it struck me as super interesting because it was a kind of ad we don't really see anymore. So the product is called Lifebuoy Hand Sanitizer. And it felt like an ad from the 60s or even the 50s where it had a jingle and like the messaging and aesthetic in it are just not something we see in ads anymore. First of all, they really like punch down deep on the fear of viruses where this hand sanitizer is, you know, kills viruses. Watch out, viruses, beware. And there's a song about that going on in the background. And then it's just like a kind of, it's, it's animated and there's a white backdrop and just little cartoons popping up every now and then. It reminded me of that. You know, let's all go to the lobby and you've got a dancing popcorn and a dancing hot dog. Mm. You know that one? Yeah, yeah. And it was that it was really 50s, not intentionally 50s aesthetic, but 50s advertising, you know, visual language, essentially. And even the fact that it played on a very specific thing that it does, because ads don't really do that anymore. Like ads kind of go at you emotionally. In, in selling themselves or they sell themselves as luxury or they sell themselves on, on something emotive this was very like you know this kills 90% of whatever and, and viruses be gone a thing of the past it, it, it just it was so weird at that to see advertising very American back, very American and to see it loop back to that kind of infotainment type thing it was really, I'll see, can I get a link for you now just so you can see it? Yeah, I think this is it. It's a bit gross. Yeah. Yeah, something very American about that one. 
There is. And then obviously they localize it because when I was watching it, there was like an Irish accent voiceover. Uh, so I'd say that they changed the accent to wherever it's being shown as they were talking about viruses and stuff. But it, isn't it such a weird aesthetic for an ad? It's um, it's so, yeah, it, it struck me as just you don't see things like that yeah, it's anymore. it's like advertising fear to children. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- even that thing, you know, uh, I'm just a bill and I'm only a bill. Yeah. Like that style cartoon from the Amer from America in the seventies. Do you remember that? In the Jeez, I nearly I nearly said the Americas, like some kind of Simpsons, fucking. Uh, when they did a parody of that, and it was like, and I crush all. He was smoking weed or something. And I, yeah, and it's like I'm an amendment to be. Yes, I'm an amendment to be, and I hope that they will ratify me. And it goes on. I'll make Ted Kennedy pay, and if he fights back. I'll say that he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you remember that? Oh, what, what are the exact lyrics? That, because, the yeah, the I'll say that he's gay was, was just so... <laughs> Jesus, they'll never... they never get away with that now. Well, Where's, I think they would because it, it, it was uh, a reference to... Like, you know, the reference to something that might have happened in the 70s. Yeah. So I, th- I think you could get away with that now. Here's the yeah, I'll um I'm not garbage, I'm an amendment to be, yes, an amendment to be, and I'm hoping that they'll ratify me. I don't know the tune for the rest of it, but they've got lots of flag burners who have got too much freedom. I wanna make it legal for ple- I wanna make it legal for policemen to beat them. Cause there's limits to our liberties. At least I hope and pray that there are, because those liberal freaks go too far. Then I'll crush all opposition to me and I'll make Ted Kennedy pay if he fights back I'll say that he's gay. <laughs> Fantastic. It's, yeah, Jesus. Uh, uh, look, we've talked about this so many times, but the Simpsons have just gone downhill. Something terrible. Not gone downhill so far that I'm not annoyed that tonight there isn't going to be Simpsons for me to watch. Yeah, you've got a masochistic relationship with the Simpsons, really. I just, uh, I just like watching the Simpsons. Hmm. Like a child. Okay, we'll leave it at that, so Adam. And um, looks like we'll have another eight weeks of podcasting at least. Yep. The podcast Groundhog has come out and not seen his shadow, so now he's in for another six weeks of nuclear winter. That's right. We could even have hit 100 episodes. We might do. Jesus, if we count series one in, we're getting near that very yeah. soon. We'll have to We'll have to plan something. We'll have to actually plan something for our hondo. Uh, before we go, Lent, what are you giving up? Uh, whatever Richard tells me, I have to give up. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Right. Have a good evening and uh, thanks for listening to Urbadi. Up yours, shit wank. That's all, folks. <laughs>